0: The Beckler and Shawna Podcast Your daily download of X92 X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna, Brought to you by Shane Holmes Offering
1: affordable customization on your new home It's Thursday, May 18th, 2023 I'm Beckler, Shauna is away She's gone to New York for Matt Berry's wedding and So she'll be back later next week I believe, we got a few days Together before then uh, on today's show, I've got to be pretty quick here because i got to vacate the studio right away. Uh, at the end of this podcast, you're going to hear the conversation I had with John Roggeveen, the leader of the Alberta Liberal Party. He was in here yesterday, uh, so Sean is in on that conversation as well. Uh, and you can tell me what you think. I thought that John came across as as a very sincere and, and good man, um, but you can listen to that. We heard a shorter version on the air. You'll hear the full thing at the end if you're interested in that. I understand that not everybody is interested in provincial politics, so that's why I always put those interviews at the end. You can listen if you want, or you can just carry on with your life if you don't. I got a TV trope for you. Um... A truck that I spotted. This is an initiative that a company in town offers, which I think is a really nice idea. I don't know if they thought it through all the way. You get to be the judge here if you think this counts as Vancouver Soft or not. It's pretty funny either way. A lot of anger to the to the interview clips that we posted with uh, Alberta NDP leader Rachel Notley. We'll talk a bit about what we've seen on our social medias in response to that. My wife McKenna is here with her news Sean and I were trying to start this new segment right now, where we talk about someone who's the best in their field. Uh, and there's one that I feel somewhat confident commenting on, so we'll talk about that uh, partway through the podcast. AI music—it could be coming. Would you listen to it or not? I'll pose that question to you. The Arizona Coyotes looks like they'll be re- relocating. We'll talk about some of the potential locations for their for their franchise. And the Chinese have definitely seen my wiener after your Out of Context clip of the show. He's not a good drummer. He really isn't. Any good drummer will tell you that he's not. The Beckler and Shana Podcast. I got one of those uh, home security cameras. It's a it's an interior one. My dad actually bought it for me because it's for, it's for my garage because I kept forgetting to close the door at the end of the night. Or, like, the kids would come in and the door wouldn't come all the way down. So you know my garage is just open for anyone to take whatever they want. So my dad's like, I'll buy you a, a camera. So I... I have it set up in the kitchen right now. I'm supposed to mount it like in the in the garage. I just haven't got around to that yet. I was just setting it up. But it's made by a company called Yi Home. Y-I Home. It's a Chinese company. This was an Amazon purchase. If you had to assign a percentage, what is the probability that the Chinese government has seen my jalopy on one of my many bottomless forays into the living room? What do you think? It's basically a sure thing, don't you reckon? They've seen my Frenchman. For sure. Somewhere in a Chinese government facility, I'm picturing some like mission control looking room, a few hundred people clacking away at computers. They got headphones on, they're listening into phone calls, possibly wiring funds to the Trudeau Foundation. We don't know. But there's a huge screen at the front. And on that screen, naked me walking like Bigfoot through the living room late at night. I almost guarantee it. I mean, on one hand, this is ridiculous. Like the arrogance. To think that my piss weasel is of interest to one of the most powerful nations on earth. The nation in possession, I should say, of the most pictures of piss weasels. By a mile. There's no question there. Mine is just, you know, one wiener in this registry of wiener pictures curated by the Chinese government. It's a, it is a vast online ocean of wiener pictures just bobbing up and down. I mean, on the other hand, if I ever had something that China wanted access, influence, that sort of thing, that could become one powerful wiener. That's Podcast. You may have seen the news from earlier this week that the city of Tempe, Arizona uh, voted down this proposal for a big entertainment complex, including a new arena, and uh, that means that the Arizona Coyotes, who play there, Will likely move perhaps for as early as next season, so it's possible that the the team has played their last game already as the Arizona coyotes. This could happen very quickly so of course the the big question is where would they go and uh, some of the cities in the conversation are the kind of the usual suspects the ones that you would that you know have been floated as the potential home for an NHL franchise for many years, like Houston is at the top of that list we I think sometimes, you know, we underestimate just how big some of these US cities are compared to Canadian cities. Like a friend and I were talking yesterday about the Portland Trailblazers in the NBA. And I mentioned that I thought they were, the, you know, they were a small market team. Well, the Portland metro area is two and a half million people. It's nearly twice the size of Calgary. And I considered them to be small market. Well, Houston is six and a half million people. So if you could get even a small percentage of them, To care about the team, you could have a fan base and a brand new fan base at that, new hockey fans. So that would be very attractive to the NHL. And I think, you know, another city that always comes up is Quebec City. I think that's kind of where Quebec City falls short. The 800,000 people, um, it's about the size of Winnipeg. But I I wonder how many of those people are, one, already hockey fans, you know, after the Nordiques left, uh, picked a different team and are already diehard Montreal Canadian fans, right? You know, a team in Quebec City is competing with one of the most, with the most storied franchise in the history of the sport, like two and a half hours away. So that's tough too. Um, Kansas City has been mentioned a lot. They have 2 million people, uh, haven't had a hockey team for many years. So that's a potential. One that I hadn't considered, I'd never even heard mentioned before. And this city came up in some of the discussions that I was reading yesterday, is Salt Lake City in Utah. And they have a lot of things going for them uh, to make this team, this potential team successful. They got a big population. I think the whole area is like close to 3 million people. If you include kind of the surrounding communities, uh, they're also, you know, that hockey's never been tried there. So you'd have a bunch of potentially new hockey fans. It's a winter city. They do get winter. Uh, they're also eyeing an Olympic bid in the next 10 years or so, which would probably mean a new arena for for them and the only other pro sports team in town, which is the Utah Jazz. So there's not a lot of competition if you put a team in Salt Lake City. I'm really kind of liking Salt Lake City's chances, and I think that would be kind of interesting to see a team there. Do Mormons like hockey? I know they like basketball. My word can the Mormons ball. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Let me ask you a question. Who is your favorite band or singer that's no longer active? That you know they're either retired or they're broken up or maybe maybe they died. Who is your favorite? Oh, uh, you know what? I would say AFI because their music is so little right now, but they still are making music. Okay, so here's my next question for you: If you had the opportunity here to hear like an AI generated album from AFI, like it wasn't them, but some software took all of their you know all of the music they've ever put out and tried to replicate it, but made new music. Would you be interested in hearing that? I don't think so. No, how come? (laughs) I just, technology is great for some things, but I just, there's nothing like a live band or like hearing it live vocal. Wouldn't have like the soul that their music would? Yeah, yeah, it would just be too generated. Interesting, interesting, because I was listening to a podcast yesterday where the, the two people were discussing the very real possibility of this happening, where you could plug all of an artist's music into you know an AI program and it could spit out something new from that artist not real I mean it wouldn't be them but it I mean it would sound like music and it would sound like them and I was trying to think if I would be down to hear that or not you know I think so many bands have their careers cut short either because like I said a member dies or it just didn't work out or they don't put out music in a long long time like my favorite band hasn't put out music in over a decade I don't know if they ever will again so if I could hear an AI album from them I'd give it a try and what if it was good like what if it? What if it sounded like them and was n- new and exciting? Would you be? Would you be put off by that, or would you be interested in, in listening to that? I don't know if it would matter to me if it was good, because good music is just good music. And I mean, it, it might get to the point where we don't know if it was created by the actual artists themselves or by a computer program. I'll give you another example. Um, earlier this week, there was this trailer floating around online. You may have even seen it, and it's for. Lord of the Rings, the movie, but done in the style of Wes Anderson. And the entire thing was AI generated. And I was watching the trailer and I was so excited. It was so cool to see that now I want to see the whole film. But it doesn't exist. It was just AI. So, I mean, if it did exist, would I go see it? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd be pumped about that. But I don't know. Maybe music is different to people. Maybe music is too personal and you need need that authenticity. You need to know that it came from a warm body right? Like a, a, a warm body or a living breathing person it, the example that these two uh, people on this podcast gave were famous paintings and they said you know you can go out and buy basically indistinguishable copies of famous paintings people want the real thing nobody pays millions and millions of dollars for a, uh, a counterfeit painting even if the average person couldn't tell the difference they want the original so, that said, though, I mean, I can't afford the original paintings from my favorite artists, but I will hang prints of their work in my house. Is that not kind of the same thing?
0: The and Shauna podcast.
1: I was sent this clip by a friend of the show, Joey, and I have it here for you. I'm going to play it. It's Dave Mustaine of Megadeth talking about the guys in Metallica, and I thought it was pretty funny. I, I you know, I, I, I like James, you know, Lars. I can take or leave. I mean, I think. <laughs> that the whole world kind of looks at it like that too? He's not a good drummer. He really isn't. Any good drummer will tell you that he's not. And uh, Joey wanted to know what I thought of that. I guess if Lars is a good drummer or not. Lars Ulrich from Metallica. And I said he's he's probably in like the bottom third of metal drummers. But he has to be doing something right because Metallica is one of the biggest bands of all time. So if he, if he sucked, if he wasn't good, I don't know if you'd really get there. Um, but then I got thinking about this. Sean and I have started a new segment recently. Or we want to start a new segment where either we or you talk about someone who's the best at something. And we don't have a title for it yet, so this is kind of clumsy. But it can be anything. Like, whatever it is that you do that you're into, whether it's your hobbies or your profession, Like you probably have an idea of who the best is at that or the best person you've ever seen at that. And we just want to know about those people, I think we both really appreciate people who are really, really good at what they do, so if there 's anything like that that you 'd like to share with us, please do. But I thought I know I probably know enough about drumming to talk about this, so so maybe I would uh, it 's definitely not Lars Ulrich, the greatest drummer, who would be the best drummer I mean there have been a lot of polls and stuff over the years, and the name that consistently comes out on top is Buddy Rich, an old jazz drummer. this is him. So it'd be tough to argue with the skill of someone like Buddy Rich, although I don't know if he's a household name to non-drummers. In my opinion, the most skilled drummer alive today is a German dude named Thomas Lang. And it's just, I don't even know how to describe it. Everything he plays with his hands, he can play with his feet on the pedals. And it's like he has a different brain controlling each limb or something. I can't even really wrap my head around how good he is. There's just so much going on there, uh, and then I want to give an honorable mention to this young dude who's all over who's all over social media right now. His name's Grayson Recruitment. He's like 20 years old, I think, and he's ridiculous. It's funny. He's actually that kid's actually drumming for su- suicidal tendencies right now. Um, Also, don't Google suicidal tendencies. Uh, You don't get the band first; you get a helpline. The Beckler
0: and Shauna Podcast.
1: We're totally serious, by the way, about reaching out to us if you want to uh, make a case for someone that you feel is the best at something you know a lot about. And that's the thing is that you like. I think to determine who is the best, you kind of have to know a bit about that thing. Like, you can't. I couldn't tell you who the best is at something that I don't know anything about. And it can literally be anything, like who's, you're a drywaller, who's the best drywaller you've ever seen? You know, you've ever worked with? Because I think everybody has that person, that they're like, man, if I could do this like that person. I'll give you another example. Um, I never met this guy, but when I was a carpenter, I worked with another carpenter who said he had worked with an old guy, some old timer, who was so good with a hammer. This almost like, doesn't even seem like it would be possible. He said he was so good with a hammer that he could tap a nail in part way, and then he could swing the hammer and knock all of the edges of the nail head off so that they would stick in the board below. Like, think about the precision that you would need to do that. Or like, have you ever seen that video of the guy, I think he he opens uh, like a pop-top beer bottle with an excavator? How good do you have to be at what you do to pull that sort of thing off. So that's the kind of thing that we're looking at, we're looking for. So this segment will only work if you submit these to us because we're not experts on that many things. You know who are experts at what they do though? The folks at Shane Homes. And until the end of May, uh, you can get a walkout front drive Alston model home in the neighborhood of Midtown and Airdrie starting in the 679s. These back the canal... Beautiful homes. And of course, Shane Homes offers affordable customization. So if there's anything you don't like about this specific home, let the folks at Shane Homes know and they'll work with you to make it perfect. ShaneHomes.com. Shane Homes, the better way to build. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. Well, we just heard the X99 morning news. We talked about the debate tonight, the leaders' debate, the wildfires, the uh, pilot strike, the potential pilot strike. Uh, now we're going to get to the real news, though, provided to you by my wife, McKenna. McKenna's. News. I just read this word for word. Hey guys, it's me. One news item I would like to report on is that I haven't been watching my usual favorites this year, such as Big Brother and The Bachelor, so I will not have any nail biters to share with you on those series. I really haven't been watching much lately as I get about 20 minutes into a show and then I fall asleep. My deepest apologies. I'll still keep you very engaged throughout this segment, though. Don't worry. Okay, let's get into the good stuff. Charlize Theron has her first boyfriend in over seven years. She's dating a model now. Way to go, Charlize. In Beckler's words, she's super hot for a (laughs) 50-year-old. Seward be there. Okay, this this is a good one. If anyone has been on TikTok lately and has seen the wild stuff that Britney Spears is posting, wild and extremely weird, I should mention. The internet trolls have come out and have some theories on her videos where she's dancing. Some people have claimed that it's actually her sister, Jamie Lynn, with an AI filter on her face. Now, the question is, why would Jamie Lynn be posing as her sister? To give her an even worse reputation? Some people think Britney has been hermiting while her sister is posting these videos just to keep up with social media appearances. There are some glitches in the video where you can see her eyes change when she moves differently. It's definitely plausible. So many questions, so few answers. And it wouldn't be news if I didn't talk about my boy Justin Bieber. Questions are circulating around the internet whether or not he got a hair transplant. Justin Bieber wore a hat for most of 2022, whether that be to hide his hair loss due to having alopecia or not. I'm thinking he had about 1,000 to 1,400 hair grafts put in, especially around the temples. Still love him. And now you're informed, I guess. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Uh, Still trying to get Danielle Smith on the show. I know many people have asked us if we're planning to have a chat with her. Uh, I've reached out to her campaign several times. Haven't had a response yet, but I would love the opportunity to have the the premier on the show here. And then earlier this week, if you missed it, we chatted with leader of the NDP, Rachel Notley. And we we filmed it in studio here. And then we put some, some of these video clips out on social media. And uh, like on uh, on my TikTok account, this video has a thousand comments, and most of them are just wild. Like <laughs> most of them are crazy. And Shauna was reading through some of these yesterday, and she said she said to me, "Has it always been like this? Have people always been so angry?" And I said, "I don't know, but it does seem like people are wound right up this election. Like if it doesn't go their way, the the province will be over. The world will end." And uh, I don't know, it doesn't, I, as a station, we don't endorse any one party or one candidate. Uh, our message is just vote, damn it. Just vote, damn com. We encourage, especially young voters, to become as informed as you can and then to go out and vote on election day or in the advance polls to participate in the process, uh, to celebrate democracy, I guess. And we have these uh, just vote, damn it, campaign signs that we had made up and we dropped off to listeners around the city this week. So you may see some in your travels. Uh, But they're they're blue and white because X929's colors are blue and white. And you wouldn't believe how upset that has made some people that, you know, our signs are blue and white. while the UCP signs are also blue and white, a different shade of blue, but still blue and white. And I was like, you know, people were saying, why didn't you pick a different color? I was like, well, because blue and white are our colors. I mean, we we as a company have a brand as well that we are going to protect. And I mean x 99 has been blue and white since before the UCP was even a party. So why would we just surrender that color? A party doesn't just get the color blue, it's a primary color. Nobody owns a primary color. Oh, to tell you a story. So when I was uh when I was like fourteen, my friend and I went down to the Canada Day celebrations in our hometown. And you know, it was in the park and there was music and then there were gonna be fireworks, fireworks later and everything. And at the time, there was a street gang in town whose gang colors were red. And these two guys came up to my buddy in the park and they said, Why are you wearing a red shirt? And he looked around the park at the 20,000 people there wearing red for Canada Day and said, It's Canada Day. And then they kind of threatened him. And so he took his shirt off and spent the rest of the night getting destroyed by mosquitoes because he didn't have a shirt on because he was, you know, he was startled by this. But. Like, gangs don't get to claim ownership on over primary colors. Political parties don't get to claim ownership over a color. You know, it's it's a primary color. I also I always wonder, like, if just seeing the color on a sign makes you so mad. Do you, do you get mad if you see, for these people, do you get mad if you see that color anywhere? Do you look at a clear blue sky and think, damn you, UCP! The Beckler and Shawna Podcast. Friend of the show, Noel, sent me this story and said, does this qualify as Vancouver soft? Uh, and I don't, I'm going to let, I'm going to let you be the judge. I'll read you the story and then you can decide. So there's this website called IWasPoisoned.com, and it's to report food poisoning incidents. And the idea is that if there's a place where a bunch of food poisonings are happening, then other pe- people will know and can steer clear. It's making people sick. Um, and it always starts with like, the, so I'm looking at their Twitter account right now. And it always starts with the location, the, t- the city or town that it happened. So it'll be like Billings, Montana. Jessup, Georgia, and then it's the person's story about what they ate and what they experienced after eating that Uh, And then there was this one (laughs) Vancouver British Columbia, I'm a very healthy person and I ate some heavily ranched pizza slices Next thing you knew I was so sick. I was it was really really bad and scary I didn't know who I was for almost a day. I ended up in the hospital with serious food poisoning and an IV so that's the that's the story. Would you say that that qualifies as Vancouver soft? I don't I don't know. Like I shouldn't really laugh. If you've ever had really bad food poisoning, it's you do think you're going to die. You're like, "Oh, this is it. This is the end." I had food poisoning so bad one time, I think I saw Jesus' face. I saw him. He was in my room. He held out his hand. Um but I, it's still funny the way this is this is written. Like I said I shouldn't laugh. This person was heavily ranched, heavily ranched. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I was driving yesterday and I was following this uh, pickup truck, this truck, and it was wrapped with the logo of Driving Force, the vehicle rental company. And this truck had a name. It's called the Giver Truck. So apparently, what Driving Force does, and this is a really great thing that they do, I think, is they they have this truck available to charity, ch- charitable groups that that need it. You know, because I mean, sometimes you're doing a bottle drive, you're doing some sort of fundraiser, you're moving stuff around, don't have a truck, you need a truck. So they will just let certain charities, if they you know if they if they qualify, they will let them use this truck for free. Which I thought that's a great thing. That's a great community initiative. I think maybe the only problem is calling it the Giver Truck. You know where we are, right? <laughs> we we are in Alberta we are in the heart of Terry country and you can't write give her on the side of a truck in big letters and expect to get that thing back in the same condition you lent it out in I wonder if they've had any issues with that because Terry is going to read that and he's going to take you up on your offer he's going to give her he's <laughs> yeah they're going to drop some they did a toy drive and they're going to drive those toys to the to the children's hospital but you know what They're going to bag the hell out of that truck first. The
0: Beckler and Shauna podcast. Real
1: quick TV trope for you here. We talk about TV tropes on the show sometimes. My son, Bo, he's eight. He brought this up today. I thought it was quite observant of him. Uh, He said, anytime there is a fight on a train in a movie or on a TV show, the fight will end up on the roof of the train. And I hadn't really thought about that, but that's totally true, isn't it? There's always going to be a fight on a train and it's going to end up on the roof. You see it in like several James Bond movies, I think. Uh, I think Jackie Chan did it in Shanghai Noon. I guess it's just so dramatic, right? Because you can see the scenery whipping by, and there's the risk that someone will fall. And then if you really want to go one step further, sometimes there will be a tunnel or something that the train is approaching that one of the combatants doesn't see, and he's going to get brain by it. So that's a good one. Fight on top of the train Good TV trope The
0: Beckler and Shauna podcast Our
1: guest this morning is the leader of the Alberta Liberal Party John in Studio Thank you for your time this morning
0: Oh thank you for having me in
1: So I think for, for many people in our audience You and your party may be somewhat unfamiliar So why don't you start by just telling us a bit about yourself Where are you from?
0: Well I grew up in Edmonton but I've lived in Calgary since 1986 Uh, so I've I've been an Albertan uh, most of my life. Uh, I was born in BC all my family was born in Alberta though my mom and dad were both born in Alberta my brothers are both born in Alberta but I'm the outlier I guess. Uh, My dad was playing hockey in uh, Vancouver at the time so that's where I was born. And what did you do prior to being in politics? Uh, well, uh, I'm still a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, small. I have a small practice uh, and kind of a general practice. And uh, yeah, I, uh, that's how I got. I came to Calgary. I came to Calgary because I got a job as a lawyer, and I, I've stayed here.
1: What part of town are you in? Way down south,
0: south of Fish Creek Park. Okay. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, yeah been down there uh, and practiced down the, at the south end of town for, for since. Uh,
1: 1988 or something like wow. that. Wow. Yeah. SoCal, as our friend calls it, South Calgary. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. So what was it that got you into politics from
0: being a lawyer? What was the encouraging factor? Well, I was always interested in politics. I mean, politics and law go a long, long ways together. And, and so that's part of it, I think. But I mean, I've I've always tried to look at how we can make the world a better place, and and, uh, part of that is getting involved in the community in in one form or another, and uh, I think it's important for democracy that we have lots of different options and alternatives, and so um, I looked at all the different parties and uh, uh, settled on the Liberals.
1: You've ran, is it five times in the past? You had five cracks at this yeah, I think it 's five i 've lost count <laughs>
0: <In> <laughs> three different ridings or so uh, yeah i i've run in uh, Shaw, which uh, is down south and uh, and also was I was, I was the candidate in elbow in twenty i guess the two thousand and fifteen election, uh, which was called early on us, so uh, yeah we didn 't have a candidate and so i uh, I ran an elbow. And, uh, yeah, now, so I'm now running in Calgary, Laheed. You
1: know. So having gone through this process, I'm sure, I mean, it should be said that I think it takes, it takes a lot of courage to put your name forward in an election at, at, at any level. Um, and I'm sure you've learned a lot just going through this process and you know what it takes to be a candidate, what it takes to talk to the people in your riding. What have you learned from, from these runs? Uh,
0: well, I've learned that people uh, are uh, a lot friendlier than at the doors than you'd think. Um, you know, there are some people that are definitely uh, are not uh, pro-liberal and uh, occasionally you get a door shut in your face, but not very often. Most times people talk to you, uh, you know, even, uh, you know, conservatives uh, will talk to you and uh, have a good discussion. You get to learn a lot about people's uh, issues and problems and challenges. Uh, And that's very good for for a politician to learn those things, because, you know, we uh, we sort of live in our own little bubbles to some extent, no matter who we are. Mm -hmm. And I think that it gets us out of our bubbles and we get to appreciate uh, some of the challenges that people face. Why did you choose the Alberta Liberal Party? You said you kind of did research over all of them and, and settled on the liberals. Well, uh, the the Liberal Party is is a, is an open-minded party. I mean, it's got lots of different ideas, and we we pick and choose solutions uh, from whatever side of the spectrum works. So we're you know we're not always on the left, and we're not always on the right. We 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 find what is a a good practical solution for things, and so um, I think that uh, you know we're we're progressive, but we're not. Um, we're not extremists, and I think uh, our moderate approach to things uh, we, is is a good way to approach things. We have to adapt to the future constantly, uh, and and I didn't see that necessarily in the other parties. Or I, sometimes I saw other parties go what I would say a little too strongly in that uh, fashion. So, and the Liberals just seemed like a good fit. What connection do you have with the federal Liberal Party? The Alberta Liberals are not the Ottawa Liberals. The Ottawa Liberals are a different party. Um, and that's that's a bit of a challenge for us because
1: people assume that we're associated and we're not that was gonna be my next question for you because I don't know if they are the most popular out here in Alberta I mean we've had a few federal Liberal candidates have some success like Ken Hare and George Chahal but uh, you have no association with with the federal party at all
0: yeah the Alberta Liberals are completely separate Uh, I'm you know, I I wasn't there exactly when the separation occurred, but uh, it occurred about the same time as the national energy program, and and so there were Alberta Liberals that were not happy with the federal Liberal stance at that time. Uh, still, still aren't, I think, in a lot of ways. And um, you know, we we, we have a, a and you know, it's it's not like we want to fight with them all the time. I think that it's important that you try to work with other parties, even you know, we, there's going to be differences of opinion. Um, even if you kind of share a philosophy, um, you know, the governing the country means that they've got to take into account other issues. And But we, we're here for Albertans and we would uh, always try and defend Alberta's interests as best we can. And, and we think that if we can work with the federal government and... Cooperate, or not just not it's just the federal government. You know the, our adjoining provinces. You know we need to cooperate in Canada uh, to make Canada a better place, which will help make Alberta a better place. I'd almost consider changing the name just because of the association that I think so many people assume you do have with the federal liberals in Alberta specifically. Yeah. Yeah, that's come up for sure. I mean, uh, I don't know that, you know, I mean, a leopard can't change its spots. So, I mean, that, that, that's the difficulty for sure. There are people that say, oh, well, if you change your name, but I mean, it's not going to change our values. It's not going to change our outlook. So uh, we've always tried to be honest with people, tell people exactly what we are and this is how we think, and this is what we believe in. And so consequently, I think, uh, you know, it would be trying to mislead people, really, by changing our name. Um, you know, we have we we have a lot of issues that cross with other parties. You know, we there's no question about that. Um, you know, we've had people that uh, have belonged to our party that have gone to other parties, people that have come from other parties to our party. So. I mean, uh, I think uh, the important thing is to be honest with people as a politician. uh, I know that a lot of people will probably probably spit out their coffee when I said (laughs) that. But, you know, uh, I think that is a really important thing. And so we could change our spots or try to change our spots, but I don't think we would be able to do that. And I don't think it would be honest with people. So I don't think that's going to happen.
1: John Roggeveen is the leader of the Alberta Liberal Party. Prior to your leadership, David Kahn led the party. Um, And then it was David Swan before that. And David Swan, I think, was elected four times and even served as leader of the opposition. So from your stance, how do you get the Alberta Liberals back to that level of significance in provincial politics?
0: Well, it's a long road, um, especially when you don't have MLAs. Um, you don't get very much publicity, so I appreciate you <laughs> inviting me onto your program. Uh, it's it's tough. Um, it's a slow, steady process. There's a lot of noise out there with the big parties. They've got they've got lots of money. We don't have a lot of money uh, to play with, so uh, you know they can take out ads, and um, their supporters can take out ads that we we can't frankly afford. But the uh, you know we. We believe that if we listen to Albertans, they'll listen to us and that slowly we can uh, maybe change the focus a little bit of, of the politics and make things uh, better because right now we've got a lot of bickering going on in, in politics and uh, as Liberals we believe that we need to talk to people, have honest conversations with people and listen to Albertans to c- try to come up with those solutions that are practical and that solve problems for Albertans. So for those of who are unfamiliar, why should people vote for the Alberta Liberal Party? Well, I know there's a lot of people that are in favor of strategic voting and things like that. But one thing you can do by voting for the Alberta Liberal Party is get a message across to the other parties that you're not happy with the way that things are going in Alberta. Right now, things seem to be diverging Um uh, I see that as a, a as a big problem on the horizon. Um, you know, it's you know, there's been divergence in other provinces in B.C. and Saskatchewan and Manitoba, and we really need to work on how we can bring the province together and bring people together in our province. And if we if we diverge, we're we're going to have constant battles between the two parties that are at the top. And the only way that we can hold those parties to account and keep them rational and reasonable and focused on solving problems is by um having people that that are in other parties you know the Alberta Liberals being one of them uh show people that you know there are other options and there are ways to deal with these solutions without you know or come to solutions without um without having to you know constantly be uh, arguing with each other and 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 because that's quite frankly quite often counterproductive
1: we i mean we see that especially in say the parliaments of some European countries where there will be, you know, 10 or 11 parties that make up the parliament. And yet it seems like, like you said, that we have devolved into a bit of a two-party system here federally and provincially
0: well i think that's partly because we have the, the first past the post system um so i know proportional representation was part of our platform in the last election is still part of our platform we don't really emphasize it a lot i mean i know the green parties are really emphasizing that this this election um so there are things like that that, that cross party lines that i think would be beneficial to people you know uh, i know that it, it makes things more complicated for people to understand but you know just because things are complicated doesn't mean we th- throw them out I I mean, uh, calculus is complicated, and most of us never use calculus, but doesn't mean that calculus is no good. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I want to ask you specifically about one point uh, from your party's website, John. On the, yep. the, the on the page titled "Our Values," this is yep. the very first sentence, which I'm sure you're familiar with. But for our listeners' sake, liberals oppose both privilege and prejudice. And I'll be honest: when I when I read that, I, I bristled a bit, not because I don't believe that privilege exists, but just because it's a very broad brush you know there are all different kinds of privilege education is a privilege for example and I'm and I'm assuming that you don't oppose education
0: well no we no uh, not at all we we think that it, people should have uh, a, you know f- fairly equal access to education and and uh, equal opportunity means e- having equal access to uh, education to health care uh, important things like that uh, the ability uh, to to find work so uh, uh, equality or equal opportunity is is very important to liberals, and uh, you know so we, we are in, so in that sense, I guess maybe that, maybe that phrase is a little bit too concise or succinct and, and doesn't get across exactly what we're saying, but you know we're, we're really in favor of equal opportunity and, and trying to promote access for everybody, so everybody
1: has a chance to be their best self in life. For those who are interested, more information on yourself, the party and the candidates you're running, where can they find you, John?
0: Well, uh, they can go to our website, albertaliberal.com, and, uh, and there is information there. Um, most of our policies have been announced. I think they're under news. Our candidates are there. There's short bios on, on our candidates, uh, and uh, you can find out a little bit about us there. Um, and, uh, you know, we will try and get the message out as best we can uh, at the doors, and uh, we welcome anybody to make inquiries of our office, and we will uh, try and help them out as best we can. Thank you so much, John. x after hours a weekly podcast that brings x afternoons with mariah and ty to another level of awesome and allows you to listen on your own terms go behind the curtain and hear the stuff you won't hear on the radio like they're gonna say find x after hours wherever you get your
1: podcasts or on the x app